0: welcome to a better hr business the podcast that looks at how hr consultants and hr tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people remember for show notes and downloads go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast that's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast okay let's get started
1: hello and welcome back to the show it's ben here great to have you along Today I'm delighted to be joined by the very talented and influential HR leader, Sue Patel. Sue is a highly experienced HR professional, author, speaker and a coach to HR professionals and I'm really looking forward to hearing what she's been up to. Hi Sue, thanks for joining me today.
2: Hi Ben, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure, you know, I've seen and heard from you loads over... um, over LinkedIn. And it's so great to be here with you actually speaking to you in person.
1: You and I have had a lot to do and, and you kindly participated in the online conference that I ran in January 2020, which people loved your talking. And so I want to sort of Thank dive you. into some of the stuff you've been up to. Yeah. So it's great to have you along. Maybe we can start with you telling us a little bit about you and your background.
2: Yeah, for sure. So um, I've been in HR for almost 30 years. Um, I worked for Tesco's for quite a number of years, and most of my time in Tesco was as a HR manager. Um, and I'm I'm one of those people who have grown up within an organisation, so I know what it's like to be an employee. I started on the tills, you know, as a checkout girl, and worked my way up as you know through line management, wow. um, and then into HR. And I literally went from an operations manager on Friday to a HR manager on Monday morning <laughs> with no. No training, no qualifications, but I just knew that I had this real knack for understanding people. And, you know, it was just a, the natural role for me, you know, uh, working with people. And since then, I've, you know, worked with hundreds of thousands of people, um, you know, just really making sure that they're valued and they're developed. And my thing about going into HR has always been that, you know, as HR professionals, as HR leaders, you know, we can really provide something for people in organizations. You know, um, I always think about it in a way where, you know, when you're at school, you have your teachers who guide you and develop you in college and uni, you have your tutors, um, your professors, but then some people don't go to uni and, you know, finish school, and then they go in straight into work. And as leaders, you know, we can provide that guidance, that mentoring to the people in our organizations. And I think you know, for me, it's um, just been a real honor and a privilege to serve so many human beings so that they can go on and be more, do more and have more in their lives for themselves and their families.
1: I went through the formal HR process. And then I stepped out early in my career into an operations role, mainly because I thought, well, I know it all. So therefore, I can do it all, no problem. And then I'm out there running a you know, large team and yeah. people being grumpy and not doing their roles and all sorts of things. And it wasn't as easy as I read it in the textbooks. So I, I, I completely agree with you. People need support and yeah. from both sides. So tell us about the formation of your business. When did this happen? Yeah, so what, what sort of uh, business did you develop?
2: Yeah, so in 2016, um, after a 27-year career at Tesco, you know, I would find myself in a redundancy situation. Um, and it was just one of those things, really. Um, so this is what happened to me. I just kind of go back a little bit. In 2016, in the February, I just separated from my husband after 10 years, thinking I'm, you know, I'll be fine. I've got a job. It's all good. And in the March, uh, I was made redundant from my job. Mm. And then in the April, I had to sell my house. So you can imagine, like by May, June, I was like, oh my God, what has happened? It was like the rug had been pulled from underneath me. But um, whilst it was very difficult, a very difficult time, you know, I'd gone from having, you know, a family network, a secure job, a secure income, living in my own home to being a single parent now with no family around me, um, no job, no income, and living in a rented home for the first time. I was like, I don't know what my future's going to hold. And I was totally scared for my future, for my daughter's future, and just was worried about whether I'd handle it, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, after the summer, having some time to help her with her exams, my daughter um, had every 11 plus exams at the time. Um, I decided I'm just going to not put my future in the hands of an organization anymore. I'm going to set up my own consultancy business. So I started working with local businesses and um, I'd never done sales before, never done any marketing before so it was all very new to me and um, one of my first clients was my daughter's school she was going to a private school at the time and I just kind of rocked up I knew they hadn't had a very great Ofsted report and um, I just kind of said who does your HR here and they said oh we just give back to give the company we use notice and I'm like okay let me do it then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was invited to a meeting on the Monday and um, that was my first sales meeting ever. And it was incredible. I just listened to, you know, what they were dealing with, their challenges and then offered some solutions. Um, and they were just really happy to hear that, you know, because I'd be working with them, you know, providing them with on-site services and, you know, they, they trusted me, obviously. Um, yeah, they became my first client. Um, yeah, which was incredible, you know, it was a, an, an absolute um, achievement for me to go from, you know, being employed for all these years to now being somebody who's running a business with clients. It was incredible. Wow. Uh, and yeah, just kind of expanded and worked with a few more local businesses. And then it just felt a bit like, hold on a minute, I'm just doing more of the same stuff that I've always done, you know, and I want to do more than this. And I came across this um, Professional Speakers Academy and um, a guy called Andy Harrington. And I went to one of his conferences and he talked about um, you know writing a book and sharing your message and becoming a, a creator rather than always being a consumer. And I was like, yeah, I don't wanna be a consumer all my life. I wanna be a creator, I wanna be a leader out there. So I thought, right, I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna write a book about how to help HR professionals be amazing. Um, and just before I came across that, i had been actually working for an organization who had two HR managers in their organization who had both done their qualifications, but they just weren't, they just didn't have the confidence and the self-belief, you know, in the business to really influence and make changes, um, you know, within the organization. So they hired me to come in and support them. And I was like, there's a real gap. Like, where do these guys go for extra support, extra leadership training? Um, you know in Tesco we had a whole department looking after development for HR professionals whereas out here in the world you know of independence and you know people who are sole HR managers they don't have that so I decided like you know I'm gonna coach and mentor HR professionals because it's a real gap and actually you know loads of these guys they all got the experience and the knowledge in HR all the technical skills what they don't have is someone who can believe in them you know like they don't have self-belief right um in what they're doing they're constantly looking for knowledge more information which you know you can google you can find free workshops but unless they do the work within themselves around their own self-belief and their own confidence and you know lots of them are dealing with imposter syndrome and and all of that is that unless they do that work it's not going to empower them to be these leaders out there for organizations and I'm not going to lie I've really found that people haven't got a lot of good things to say about HR, you know, it doesn't necessarily have a great reputation. And, um, you know, and I can see why, right, because many of the HR professionals that I have come across since doing this coaching and mentoring, you know, they're lacking the confidence, and that shows up in their decision making in, you know, how they're dealing with difficult conversations, um, and influencing upwards as well. That's the real challenge and I'm on a mission really to really make a difference to the HR profession and the reputation.
1: Brilliant, well done. Thank you. Tell me then, you took the book and obviously that was a formation of a business direction into which you could coach other HR professionals because I agree where I was working for a while, HR stood for Human Refuse. I'm sure other yeah, acronyms I've got human exist remains. elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, an old favourite, yeah. yeah. So tell us about the HR Leadership Academy. What is that and, and why did you form that and what's it all about? Yeah.
2: Um, so the HR Leadership Academy was exactly that. I thought, you know what, there's lots of resources out there for people to get the HR technical skills. You know, there's a CIPD qualification out there that, you know, many HR professionals are undertaking. Um, there's also loads of different employment law workshops, you know, how to manage attendance and absence and appraisals and performance. But the one thing that has been missing for me is, you know, where do I get the confidence that I need to be the leader that I need to be for my organisation? You know, um, HR professionals are often hiding, you know, behind the, well, I don't know if I know enough, you know, and they do know enough. They just don't believe that they do. And um, so I formed the HR Leadership Academy because, you know, and, and again, you know, I was in that space for such a long time is, you know, do HR professionals feel like they need leadership skills? Probably a lot of them don't feel like they need it. Um, but underneath the technical skills of HR, many are dealing with. Um, I don't know how to influence my boss. I don't know how to be someone who can look after the employees and what they need, but also serve the business. You know, there's there's HR professionals in two different camps. One. You know, ones who are really great at writing all the policies and the processes and the others who are really great at being supportive to employees and, you know, really great listeners and, you know, um, yeah, just kind of being that person who takes care of people. And actually, HR professionals need to be a bit more balanced in all areas. One is looking after the employees and making sure they have the best employee experience. Number two is serving the business for growth. And number three is, um, you know, really being someone who um, can focus and make sure that we're compliant. So really having a balance in all of those areas. Um, and, you know, so I formed the, um, the HR Balance Blueprint, which is all about how do we create balance in our role? And from doing that is, you know, then the HR Leadership Academy is very much based around those five pillars. It's partnerships, um, process, performance, productivity, and progress to really get a a well-rounded HR professional in all of those areas. Um, And, you know, the HR Leadership Academy fills those gaps, right? So where people are really great at policy and processes and performance and all of that, you know, it's providing them with the leadership skills that say, okay, this is what we need to work on. You know, what's your vision for you? What's your vision for the business? What's the vision for your people? Um, and really building that confidence. You know, um, when, you know, when I say to a lot of them, you know, what is it that you're struggling with? You know, and many, you know, you'll see on LinkedIn as well, Ben, you know, loads of them are just not showing up. Mm. Uh, you know, they're hiding, they're not showing up, they're not interacting, they're not networking until it becomes a problem for them where they're out of work or they're struggling to get clients and then they start showing up and dabbling in a little bit here and there. But for me, it's about being proactive, how do you be proactive in your development, in the development of people, in the development of your business? And to do that, you've got to show up, you know, and many are not showing up because there's a, an underlying fear of, um, you know, something that happened in their life. You know, they, and they're, they're fearful of being judged. They're fearful of looking silly. They're fearful of, you know. Um, people, maybe, you know, that whole imposter syndrome, right, of being exposed and found out that, oh, my God, I don't know everything. And, you know, and I just want to share with them that you don't have to know everything. Just trust that you know enough. And if you don't know everything, you don't know the answers, you know where to go to get them. Yeah.
1: You just triggered a memory of a book called The Fish Rots from the Head. and It's just a little light paperback thing I remember seeing around the place. And the concept was is that an organizational culture deteriorates but it starts at the top, and it's not the line yeah. workers, the line management causing the problems. It starts at the very top. And so, if you're an HR leader, you need to be able to influence those people to make change. And if you have these fears that you're talking about, then it's never going to happen. So, what are some yeah. of those fears and what causes them?
2: Yeah, I just, um, Ben, thank you for sharing that because, you know, I, being in HR, I think it actually doesn't even start at the top, it starts with HR. You know, you've got to be the type of person that can influence the top, yeah. you know, so to get to that stage, it's got, it starts with you, for you to develop your skills and your leadership so that you can build a great relationship where the people at the top listen and they value your opinion. So it starts yeah. with you.
1: Some companies, large organizations at, at the top, you know, the C-suite, sometimes the head of HR role, you know, the VP, HR, whatever it may be, that gets taken by a non-HR person. So they move a CFO into there, they move a chief operations officer into their role because they've got lots of experience in the company, et cetera, et cetera. So that person has been put in because they can make things happen. They can create change. They've got that drive, that status, whatever it may be. So that's an indication that it's not just about the knowledge of the HR function, isn't
2: it? Yeah, totally. You know, it is about you know, being a visionary, like I kind of look at it as, you know, if HR holds the vision for the organization and for the people, you can you can bring the bring it all together. You know, you're the person who's saying, like, right, this business, you know, I remember working with um, with a store manager in a in a in a shop, right? You know, and he had his way of doing things. And you know, over here, like the on the outside with people, like you know, there was one thing going on, he, he had his views, but I was like, actually, do you know what I want to help this store manager. Free up some time for himself so that he can focus on the bigger vision. So my vision for him was that he could be freed up. And my vision for the people was that they were developing and they were growing. So I held on to that vision. And then I was able to influence the store manager to say, look, this is a, a bigger vision for the whole organization and it includes you as well. You know, and he was totally enrolled. He was totally enrolled and we created a great relationship of trust. Um, And we worked together to move the business forward. It was incredible.
1: Nice. On that point, we're talking about you helping HR professionals in-house, but this is equally effective, I imagine, for consultants and freelancers because they need to create change in the organization they go in. They don't just go in to to do a project. They're going in to help create better results, create change, whatever that may be. And they need to influence the people around them. And also they need to create that impact so that they love the fact that this consultant was there in the first place. And that comes from that confidence removing some of those blockers and fears. Is that fair enough?
2: 100% Ben, and I can't use this uh, quote enough. It's called be the change, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, you've got to be the change that you want to see in the people around you in the organization around you. And you know, if you're not showing up, how can you expect people to show up? If you're not you know, being vulnerable, how can you expect others to be vulnerable around you, you know, and, you know, vulnerability is a, a big thing for me, you know, in terms of authenticity, in terms of um, integrity as well, you know, being vulnerable, you know, I think, you know, many HR professionals have developed this belief that, you know, I've got to be strong, and I've got to show that, you know, I've got a handle on myself. And, you know, I'm, I'm professional, I can, I can handle this, because in the past, HR has been known to be soft and fluffy, or whatever the word is, right? Um, So they have to put on this really hard professional um, outlook for people. But actually, you can do that by also being vulnerable and, you know, truthful about what you've dealt with and the challenges that you've come, you know, you've overcome. I do that all the time in my posts. I don't know if you've seen Ben, you know, I, I, I I literally share, you know, I was scared to go online, I was scared to post, I was get to you know I've had been dealing with imposter syndrome you know I've dealt with that along my journey right and I openly share about it because it then allows others around me to also be vulnerable and it's okay because actually what you get from that is people really trust you as being someone who's honest and open so absolutely HR professionals you know to go and deliver change you've got to be the change
1: yeah no I agree with that can I ask about the HR Leadership Academy? And it's just that interesting that you referred to the fact that there are other courses, there's SHRM and the State CIPD, you've got your Josh Burson program, all the kind of things going on. But yes, they typically focus on the knowledge and expertise side of things. And you're talking about mindset elements. So can you tell us the structure and what's contained within the HR Leadership Academy?
2: Yeah, 100%. So I run, we run two courses, right, in the Leadership Academy. One is a four-week program. Um, And that's a group coaching program of up to 10 HR professionals. And uh, those subjects are kind of broken down into four sessions. So session one is about developing your vision and getting clarity around what it is that you want for yourself. You know, HR professionals are so great at helping others, you know, with their plans for the future and, you know, their development. And they don't spend enough time focusing on themselves you know, which then develops resentment and regrets for themselves. You know, so session one is very much about, you know, really creating a plan for themselves, you know, their goals and their vision for their future. So after that, they kind of go away and do some homework. Um, And then session two is all about self-image and personal branding. You know, a lot of us have this image of ourselves, um, which is very different to our ideal self. So um, we, we, you know, really look at that. And we also look at, like, who are we being in our day-to-day life? You know, we talk a lot about all the things that we have to do. HR professionals do a lot of doing. You know, we've got things to do lists at home, things to do lists at work. You know, it never goes away. But actually, yeah. who are we being when we're doing those things? You know, and what are those, you know, what what purpose are those things that we're doing, serving so you know we we have a conversation about who we're being as human beings, as people, as HR professionals, um, and then they go away and do some assignment work following that session. And then week three we talk about um, visibility and what stops us from being visible. And obviously the underlying factor is fear. You know, and you you know you asked a question earlier. What are some of those fears? Some of those fears are that. They'll be judged by people. Um, people might criticize them. People might um, say, you know, they'll look silly or they'll say the wrong thing or they're worried about it not being perfect um, or they're worried about being exposed. Um, so these are all the you know, fears. And we look at like where do these fears come from? Um, so they do some assignment work um, around that. Um, And then the final session, um, Nick Day, who's my partner, he he comes in and delivers um, some LinkedIn secrets around what to do, what not to do. And we also talk about, you know, how can you maximize um, opportunities for job search? He's a recruitment, um, he's the CEO of a company, a recruitment consultancy for HR professionals. And he you know, really talks about maximizing your opportunities using LinkedIn and also, you know, how to go about and do your research and how to prepare yourself to maximize opportunities for finding the right job for you based on your values.
1: Very good. And marketing nerd here, how do you find new participants into the programs and how do you plan to grow the courses over time?
2: You know, I have been using LinkedIn for a lot of my marketing, um, but also having conversations with people you know, um, I've had pretty much, um, you know, been running these programs for a while now and everybody that's attended, I send out the links to the, you know, to the new programs that they go out there and they share because they want people to have what they got. So um, yeah, nice. they share. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a great touch. Okay. So word of mouth um, referrals and LinkedIn and lots of yeah. content as well. I see. I mean, you do yeah. post a lot on LinkedIn, and yeah, uh, I guess yeah. that's part of the mindset change for people who go through the program. Is is yeah, How totally. you get the confidence and then to work out what to put on there in the first place?
2: Yeah, totally. And you know, and also, um, you know, I everybody that attended attends my programs. You know, they because they get so much from it. They've you know provided recommendations and testimonials, um, and some of them go on to do um, the twelve week program as well, which is a one to one. 12-week coaching program Um, and that just goes deeper into you know really providing accountability to really get momentum in their lives
1: yeah okay that's clever so a four-week program and then there's an option for an individual one-to-one program for 12 weeks yes okay excellent I'm often interested in hearing from people who are in in the industry and working every day in the industry as to what they see coming around the corner. So what sort of changes do you see coming in the HR world and the world of work and how should people get prepared for that change?
2: Um, I think definitely, I mean, for HR professionals specifically, I think, um, you know, loads of HR professionals have been made redundant in their roles. Um, You know, these times are very different to anything I've ever experienced in my life, you know, uh, but I think it's a really great time for personal growth, you know, so many HR professionals, you know, realized I said to you earlier is when I when I was made done I was like, you know, I'm not going to put, you know, my future finances or, you know, in the hands of an organization. I'm going to take control of my own life. And um, many are doing that now as well. You know, they're really thinking about, you know, developing their consultancies, you know, a few of my one to one clients. That's what we're exactly what we're working on. You know, they're coming out of their corporate career. They've outgrown being in corporate and they're ready to take on, you know, um, a new consultancy practice. But they're doing the mindset work before they go out there and find the clients and really set up their businesses. Um, So I think that is definitely the future for HR is that there's going to be a lot more outsourcing um, and working remotely as well.
1: Oh, yes. It's only going to accelerate from now on. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I really love the fact that, um, you know, we've been able to work from home, you know, the flexibility of it all and, you know, where we thought things would never be, able, we would never be able to do it. Like, you know, the, the whole coronavirus has proved that, you know, we can do anything.
1: Oh, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I know you work hard. So what, what were you doing before the, uh, this call to record the interview?
2: Yeah, I was doing my workout. Lockdown has been lockdown has been incredible, really. I mean, I've literally, um, you know, really embedded a, an amazing routine, and that's one of the things that we learn on the on the program on our coaching programs is how to develop new habits and routines that empower us. You know, often we're just so beaten and overwhelmed by the amount of things that we have to do in our day. But um, you know, I coach and mentor the guys to really be, you know own the day you know from morning so I know mean, I was up at 5 30 this morning um I joined I've got a meditation group that I'm a part of from six till half six um then I kind of do my prayers and you know my affirmations my visualizations and focus on my goals um had an eight o'clock mastermind meeting this morning to you know really focus on you know what we're up to this week on our agenda and you know it's really just starts the week the day you know you own it and that's what I'm all about is like you know everything's in your power you know when we feel powerless it's because we're giving up our power to other things circumstances you know people and actually it's all within your own power you know if things are not working it's for us to look at ourselves and say okay well what is it that I'm not putting in place what is it I'm not prepared to change what is it I'm you know what limiting beliefs have I got around this, and it's constantly looking at who you're being in that situation. Because um, it's easy to blame other things and other people, isn't it? And and not take responsibility. But everything around us is is all our is all in our capabilities. You know, the world is just a mirror of who we are. It's just reflecting back our thoughts and our feelings.
1: Yeah, we're nearly out of time, but I need to go back if I may, you went through a really tough time with the marriage, the house, all that sort of stuff. And there are people going through a global pandemic, you know, they've either lost jobs or they're at risk, or if they're leading a business, then they've got payroll to make all kinds of huge stress. What's your advice for people going through tough times and then
2: how to get through that? Yeah, going through tough times, you know, is something that I am, you know, very experienced in throughout my life, really. And I think the one thing that's really helped me is to really focus on like you know, we, when we're sitting here in the present moment, right, you know, uh, when we don't have something to look forward to, we're putting in anxiety and worries. You know, we're actually spending a lot of time focusing on the things that we don't want in our life. Like we'll be worried about, oh my God, I don't know if I can pay the rent next month. I don't know if I can pay the mortgage next month. I don't know whether I'm going to get a job. I don't you know, like we're constantly thinking our thoughts are very negative about what might go wrong. And actually, if you can create a vision for yourself for your future, you know, of what you do want and, how you know, and really live into that future, that's what's going to have you be inspired now. You know, it's a bit like, you know, when you book a holiday, you, you book a holiday in, in a few months, right? You're so excited that you're living into that feeling of I'm going to go on holiday next month. It's a yeah. bit also like when the weekend's coming, like it's Wednesday today, but you're so happy because the weekend's in a few days. So you're living into a future of like something to look forward to um, rather than, you know, when you have nothing there in the future, you have no vision, you've got no clarity about what it is that you want. You're not inspired in this moment, you know? So I would definitely say that start thinking about what it is you do want rather than focusing on the thoughts around what you don't want.
1: That's great advice. Sue, I follow you on LinkedIn. I've seen A, the content you share and the the work you're doing, but equally I've seen people talk about you and it's always amazing stuff. So if you're listening to this and you think either you should be looking at the HR Leadership Academy courses or referring someone to it, I urge you to do it because I think Sue's fantastic, wonderful in this area. So absolutely go for it so if people want to learn more work with you refer someone to you what should they do next Um,
2: very simple um connect with me on linkedin and send me a message
1: perfect Um, all right well if you're listening to this on the go check the show notes um because we'll have the link there for sue's linkedin profile yeah sue thank you very much for your time and for sharing your story and for sharing your advice and i wish you all the best with all the work you're doing
0: thank you for having me thank you ben